Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody, and it is officially underway. Dry January. Welcome, everybody. Amy TJ here. <laughs> Robes is doing this for the first time ever. It's a new year, and a lot of people do dry January. You're doing it for the first time. You've inspired me. You do it. You've done it every year for the past 10 years, except for last year, which is understandable. <laughs> Why? What was different about last January? <laughs> it, was, it was a tough January. So, <laughs> uh, yes, but we're we're in this together now, yes. and I have never done it. I've always done what I like to call a damp January. Yeah. Which is, it makes sense, though, when you... I reduce yes. my drinking, but I wasn't willing to completely cut it out. But this year, this month, I have agreed, and I'm actually excited about it. I, I have agreed. I have agreed. Like I mean, it was a negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> I have agreed to have a dry January, and I'm excited because I do like a challenge, and this will certainly be one for me. And it's more so, it has been for me over... Now, I feel great. It takes two or three days, and you just forget about drinking. You get into a new habit, a new routine of alcohol not being there when you have lunch or whatever it may be. Um, but it's just it's an exercise in personal discipline mm-hmm. is why I like it more than anything. But the health benefit, I feel great. Yeah, you told me in like three or four days, I'm going to feel the best I've ever felt. You're going to feel great. I cannot wait. But then you're going to be at a restaurant, see somebody order an April <laughs> spritz, and you say, yo, TJ. <laughs> this is killing me. <laughs> but that is a, a lot of folks out there, a lot of you that are listening. You have a New Year's resolution. Uh, and most people, the overwhelming majority, do have something related to health, fitness, in some way, Google puts out their resolutions related searches, their top searches, and working out, eating healthy were the top two. So, can you tell the fine folks what number three was? Because you shared that with me this morning and it was disturbing. Brushing teeth. And you know, if it said brushing <laughs> teeth more often or three times a day, maybe. But this is just ge- in general, brushing teeth. Well, maybe everybody has something different that they filled in the blank with. Brushing teeth more often. Brushing teeth. Um, every other day. I don't know what wow. they put in there, but maybe just brushing teeth was the 
search people that is landing on. deeply concerning. Okay. <laughs> but working out, eating healthy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you. Yeah. Ha- I love, you had some really fun stats for me this morning. Uh, you also told me, so Strava is this app yeah. that we use, yes. a lot of runners use to monitor how many miles we run, what our pace is. And it's fun. You can It's kind of like an Instagram for runners. You can follow other people. They can follow you so you can get inspired by someone else's run. And they actually compiled a list of stats for last year. (laughs) And it was really funny. So... Well, it's funny that they are able to pinpoint, and I, and I know it's ju- this is just the first week of January, so I don't want to be a downer on some of you all's <laughs> uh, health goals and resolutions that you've made. But many of you listening to me are going to fail miserably here in just a couple of weeks. Like just three weeks. Yeah, they have s- they have proof. They have the evidence of this. They can tell in people's trends. They go way up while right at the beginning of the year because they're everybody's working out. And then they start to see them, and it's usually the third week of January when people start to fall off. There's an actual date, right? January 19th? That This was one that was given uh, years past. Uh, I can't remember which year, but yes, Strava, they put out this was the specific day that they saw this happen. People just said, I'm done. It's a wrap. They but, just say, I hate running. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just running. It's gym memberships. This is the biggest month for gym memberships. A lot of you all have new ones. If you signed up for one in January, chances are in six months, 80% of you are going to be done with your gym so membership. July, you're, 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 you've got, yes, you're done. You're done. Uh, so everyone, I think, knows what it's like to have a goal, to try to be disciplined, and, and then maybe to fall off the wagon, so to speak. Oh, my God. Can I, I mean, Can I speak on that? Okay. Because there was, no, you you may remember it. There was something called fall off the wagon day. Oh. Okay. <laughs> there, that's a different day. Okay. I can't remember. I'm sorry. I can't give credit to who, what organization put it together. But they looked at activity, the trends in fast food consumption and the trends in working out. And fall off the wagon day is when they notice that the trends in fast food activity go up and the trends in working out go down. Wow. So we start to balance out again, and people right go right back to the fast food and right back to not working out. Well, you know, I think we could all use a little inspiration. Uh-huh. And there is someone here in studio with us who is probably the most disciplined person uh, <laughs> I have ever met. And there's no day of rest or saying, I don't feel like it today uh-huh. or any of that sort of mindset. And this is somebody who TJ and I met a little over a year ago and were so amazed mm-hmm. by, and we thought what a perfect person to bring onto the podcast today. He's here in studio with us because we could all use a little inspiration as we start our health and fitness goals. <laughs> His name is Helicity Bay, and this is, well, he's got a lot of really amazing fun facts that I think are going to blow your mind. First of all, he was the first black man to run across America from New York to Los Angeles. Took him 84 days. Still wonder why the hell he did that. (laughs) Averaged 36 miles a day. You're going to get to ask him in just a moment. He is a former professional soccer player. He was born in Mali. He also, and this is, wow, he is what you call a run streaker. It doesn't mean he runs without clothing, which is where my mind went first. I'm sorry. Am I the only one? You're the only one, sweetheart. (laughs) You actually are the only one. Okay, fine. He's a run streaker, meaning he has run every single day, regardless of the weather, regardless of what he did the night before, since 2017. So that's over six years. His rules are that he imposed upon himself that he has to run outdoors. Woo! 
and he has to run at least two miles, but I believe he says he runs on average seven miles a day. So, without further ado, please welcome Hella into the iHeart Studios with us. Hella. I feel I feel really cool to be sitting with you guys. Again. Oh please! Uh, the last time we were together was really fun. Love your energy. So it's a privilege to be here and uh, talking and chatting more with you guys. But it is so, and I wish more people could see uh, you right now because this is one of the things we walked away with when we first met you. That dude just makes you feel good. You want to be around. You I used to have a smile and a joy. I, I really do. Since that interview, I was just like, wow, these are the people I want to be around. No matter what happens, you leave, your cheeks are hurting because you just can't <laughs> I remember good. saying all laughter and fun. That's what uh, I like. That's what life has to be about. And you have a real joy of running, but it didn't always start out that way. No. So can we ask you, I said you were a run streaker. I explained what that yeah. meant. How many days are you on right now? So after I, I ran this morning, so it's day 2,423 consecutive runs. Every oh. single day, no Every matter what. Day. What's no been the biggest challenge you had? Like like a logistic cha- logistical challenge. You were yeah. traveling or something yes. and you could So going to Australia in 2019, I had GoPro who had invited me. So I called them really sad. I said, I can't do this because I'm going to miss my streak. And I said, because of running, I met you guys and I don't want to compromise. I was really sad because I wanted to go to Australia. It was 26 <laughs> hours. So they said, how can we make this happen? They connected me with a travel agent. So I took four flights so I can get to... Australia, wow. so I can stop and get off the plane and, and get run. my running. And <laughs> so we made that happen. Gosh. So I broke it down. I did a whole full YouTube video on it, just <laughs> like explaining the whole scenario. Had video clips how I kept the streak alive. So that was a little tough logistically, but after that, I got the the routine of it. When I went to South Africa, I stopped in Germany for 15 hours so I can mm-hmm. run. When I went back home to Mali recently. I made sure that there was plenty of time when I landed that I can run before the 24-hour window was closed. So you don't like direct flights. I don't like direct <laughs> flights. I can't, I can't do it. Unless I'm just like in the transcontinental, which is fine. I'll have plenty of time. But I have to stop. Now, you said those, those were some of your challenges. Yeah. What is kind of the, you remember a wacky or a weird thing you had to do or a place you had to run that normally yes. you wouldn't? What? Well, running across America. Uh, and also with the first black men, it's unofficial, but for 100% can say first African because there's all yeah. these like, well, these guys did this. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to say unofficial with that. But <laughs> running through Arizona was really sketchy and really scary. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was scared for my life. I, and many times I went through some towns where like literally there's like a black um, uh, figure that's being hung. You go through oh, all wow. these areas just like, whoa. Yeah. And those areas I've never had to run so fast in my life. I'd be so destroyed and so beat up, but I'm wow. just like, you got to pick it up so you can get out of those areas. Those has happened, man, getting chased by dogs and things like that. Oh, but there was a lot of more beautiful part than that. Uh-huh. But those have been some sketchy areas what, between the Transcon. What he described, I've driven through some places in the <laughs> South like that. Yeah. Running is a little Running bit different, different. Yeah. though, right? You're a little bit yeah. more exposed there. Can I ask you, what was the day that you said, today's day one, and I'm going to do this? Uh-huh. So day one, I said May 15, 2017, but it happened three days before. I just don't have proof of it. So May 15th, I started using my watch. So there's like run every single day from May 15th of 2017 up until today. But I started like a a few days prior to that. I just got to a point where I was just sick of everything that was happening in my life. And I was just wanted to stop making excuses. Um, I grew up playing soccer. I went to the University of Massachusetts playing soccer. And I had professional potentials. Pro teams were coming after me. And then they always come down to, hell, we want you, but your visa status. Uh, We got to try to sponsor you. It's a lot of money. We'd rather pick a a domestic player who is a resident, 
even if they have less talent than you, we can develop them and get them to where you are without having to pay all of the money, all the visa stuff that's not even guaranteed. Yeah. So I wanted to stop pointing fingers. So I was depressed. I was always been a happy person, but my dream was getting pulled away. The first dream was being a pilot. That was pulled away since 9-11. You can't be on a visa. And I had finished ground school already. It was ready for air school when they stripped that away. Soccer was my next dream, stripped away. So I just say, you know what? Face something you're afraid of, that you're scared, and running hit me immediately because it was used as a punishment playing soccer, so I went for it. You use it. You said those were two dreams, yeah. right, that were kind of taken away, pulled away for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. What Did you have a third one, right? Was there even something else that was a backup plan to there backup plan? There was no third one. That was yeah. the last one. That's oh. why I just went into this dark space that I couldn't get out of. I was miserable. You would look at me, Amy, I'd be pissed for no reason. You would smile at me. I don't want to look at you. I'm like, why are you smiling at me? That's how messed up I was. Wow, and I'm not a professional, but looking back, it was definitely signs of depression. Signs of depression. Yeah. And I recall you were you were in a tough spot financially as well, oh, correct? Yeah. 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 Uh, when I signed a professional contract in Seattle for one year, which was a, a U.S. second division under the Seattle Sounders, kids at Pumas. And I remember the first week we were going to do grocery with teammates, mm. and I had zero dollar in my bank account, and I knew that. So we went to like a store similar to Aldi. We went to a cheap place. Everybody filled up their cart. I did mine too. And I get to the checkout line. Something told me, my gut told me, your card's going to get rejected. Because I've had times where I purposely knew I had $0 and I'll swipe the card. It'll charge and I'll be negative and I'll be charged the fee. I thought that was going to happen, but something told me, hell, not today. So in a way, I was up next. I moved my card. I sneakily went into the aisle and started putting stuff away. And when we were finished, we were leaving, my teammates said, hey, you didn't get anything? I said, no, I don't think I like anything in this store. I'm not really hungry, but I was wow. dying hungry. So I snuck to my room and called Bank of America at the time. I said, hey, I know I have $0 in my account. Can you guys allow overdrafting? So I'll be, I'll, charge, I'll be charged with a fee and everything. And I said, I promise you I'm getting my first check the following Friday. I'm a professional soccer player. You can Google me. There's articles everywhere. And then this is how much I'm going to get paid. I'll pay you guys. They didn't want to do it. So I asked for a manager. The manager came in and said, hey, I don't know if that's guaranteed or not, even though you're showing, even if you're on the internet, but I'm going to give you a $30 credit so you can go get grocery. Mm -hmm. So that was life-changing. $30 credit got me a week worth of food. It was like, at the time I wasn't vegan, but I got turkey slices, I got <laughs> bread, I got cereal bars. So that was a full week of grocery. So that day I was at the bottom. I was embarrassed to ask for family members, hey, can I get money? You're a pro. Who, who does that, you know? Yeah. So, but... To the lighter side, uh, last year, Bank of America invited me to speak in front of oh, 600 awesome. people, 1% awesome. top bankers. So what a full circle. Wow. Hello, yeah. well, how, do how do you tell uh, folks are listening? We got you in here for yeah. an inspirational story about your running, but a lot of people just listen to what you said, and yeah. they, we've all at some point in our lives had a scary moment at that grocery store, had yeah. that scary moment, this card going to go through. But for you, what what? What is it about the embarrassment? Because I think we've all been ashamed to ask for help Judgment. at times. Yeah. yeah, you get looked at in a weird way. I was on Facebook pages. He's 20 players selected out of 400. So people expected you to have everything. And even having own family members saying, why don't you get a real job? You're chasing this dream that's not real. Hmm. And as far as and I, I tell my dad, my dad was like, no, dis discouraging even when I got into this run stuff. So people who were even closer to home. So it was like, I can't even go and ask them because they don't even think I'm serious about life or I'm trying to better myself. So there's so much behind it. And you kind of hide it and bottle it up and you don't know what to do. And you don't want to ask for a helping hand, even yeah. though you should. Wow.
and and it's pretty incredible. You said for full circle. That's an yeah. understatement with the yeah. Bank of America. I love yeah. that story. That's phenomenal. I also love how you said you took something that was a punishment in soccer, which was running, mm-hmm. and owned it. How did you get your mind to to flip that? Yeah, I being an athlete, I knew that I'm in control of my physical movement, even though it can be tough. So I just told myself, hey do something that you're afraid of running hit me because it was like I couldn't sleep nights before fitness test. It was just so bad. So I decided to just said, uh, let's try that. Give it a chance. And 10 minutes a day, no pressure, no coaches yelling at you while you're in the back of the line. It's just you that gets to decide if you want to stop or keep going. Isn't that, isn't that how it always works? You tell me I have to do something, I'm pissed. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> if I decide. Yeah, right, let me decide. Yeah, I'll it. do it right. the best. Right. <laughs> Folks, we got Hella in studio with us. And uh, you can tell probably already why we love this guy. We're going to continue you. with our conversation with him when we come back. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back here, Amy TJ with Hella in studio with us, a run streaker. Um, who is on what day? Tell me the day again. Two thousand four hundred twenty-three. Four hundred twenty-three days. But he has not it, missed a really day of running. Twenty-six, right? You said you did. You just yeah, can't prove it. I, I don't count it. <laughs> yeah, <I> just, <laughs> you know, I was curious. What happened? That guy. Do you know whatever happened to that guy? And it. Um, did you talk to him again? The Bank of America guy. Yeah. Who gave you a thirty dollar credit? When I was there with Lily, was one of their CEO. I said, "Can you find somebody uh-huh. like in Washington? I would love to thank him uh-huh. because that day, imagine you have to perform as the highest physical being, and you don't have any food, you don't have the energy. So mm-hmm. he saved me that day, the whole week, leading uh-huh. up till I got my first check. So I, I wanted to thank him. I said that to them if they can ever find, and I took some numbers down to follow up, but I would love to thank him. But again, this is a guy who, this wasn't a matter of some Bank of America policy. He just made a decision to give me a $30 credit. And I know they can find it because they told me that I I have history with with them. If they look up my name, my social security, they can find my my account, and I'm sure they can track back and see the history to 2013. That's amazing. Yeah, 10 years ago. Maybe he's listening. That would be pretty cool. (laughs) Hello, I... um, Obviously, you ran across America, averaging 36 miles a day. You were going through mountainous terrain. You've done ultra marathons. And yet, we ran our first marathon, I believe, on the same year, New York City Marathon 2019. But you didn't train for it, from what I've read. But you, the three of us, all ran this last marathon, New York City 2023. Mm -hmm. And you were nervous before running it? This one that I yes. just did. You, you, I, I read that you trained for it for the first time. Yeah, Boston Marathon. Oh, the Boston, the Boston Marathon. Marathon. Yes, yeah. Okay. What, how how would someone like you actually still have nerves? It's crazy about running because the hundred mile race I had zero nerve. Both of them, level one hundred zero nerve. Uh, Western State one hundred, which is the oldest hundred mile race, zero nerve, because I had experience running across America. You learn how to deal with your body and your mind, mm. how to fuel when you need to, how to force feed yourself when you don't have any appetite because your body's still burning calories. We're talking about I burned 13,000 calories over 100 <laughs> miles. So I had the tactic and logistic to figure the problem solve because I did it for 84 days. So that was nothing. I just knew I had to put the workout in and I'll be fine. But the Boston Marathon, I'm trying to run at a threshold pace. We're talking about holding no less than six minutes, 36 miles, th- six minutes, 36 seconds per mile. So knowing that I have to hold that pace is another challenge within itself. So that's why I was nervous for the Boston Marathon. And as hilly as the course is, that adds more. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Six, <laughs> I mean, oh my 630. gosh. 630. Yeah. I can't run from the cops at a 630 pace, man. <laughs> that's what you say now. <laughs> we'll test that theory, TJ. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> and and how'd you do? I, I, I missed my goal by a little bit. And... The sub through was by one minute thirty four, but I actually this is for the first time I'm gonna say it. I was thinking like no slower than two fifty. I trained really hard. I went to the Boston course two times and ran uh-huh. on the course, went over Heartbreak Hill, the toughest part of the race, uh-huh. holding six thirty six per mile. I did a twenty three mile long run, I did an eighteen mile long run, seven out of ten level, so I was fine. That day of the race, I don't know what it was, I was just stuck in this pace I couldn't get out of. So this year's redemption year. And uh-huh. I'm going out there, I'm finding a flat course. And I'm going to, I'm saying this publicly, I'm going to run a fast marathon. I'm preparing really well for it. Yeah. I, I believe you. Yeah. And I think you will. Thank for you. <laughs> for you, what's a fast marathon? I need what's a 245. And I don't like to put my goal out there like that. Okay. I just like keep it, it quiet and then say, hey, look, 
But I'm going to say it because I'm going to work hard, whatever it takes. Right. If anything within my control, I need to get a two-hour 45 That's <laughs> It's so funny that you say that because it's probably the biggest question people ask when mm-hmm. they find out you're running any race, a half marathon, a yes. marathon, even a 10K. What do you want your finish time to be? And mm-hmm. I never want to say I never want to say You save yourself from the headache. It's way too much pressure. It's yeah. way too much pressure. And every race is different. Yes. The weather, uh-huh. the terrain, what you ate last night. Yes. I mean, it, it can, you can be best prepared and then you'll get humbled the day of the race. Like, oh, I didn't know this was going to happen. Am I overtrained? Did I overtrained? My stomach's feeling a little funny. Why does little... Oh, the stomach thing. <laughs> yeah, the TJ stomach thing. actually had to stop. We were on such good pace uh, this past uh-huh. marathon. We were and crushing it, man, we were for crushing us. It. <laughs> and yeah, not by your standards, but by our standards. Yeah. And my stomach at mile 22, 23, I, mm. I actually threw mm. up on myself. Ooh, and then so I sorry. had to go off to the side uh-huh. and finish. Uh-huh. I and, felt awful. <laughs> and we were the two of us standing <laughs> yeah. there. Hey, everybody. It happens. Get so. a look. And my parents were tracking me, and they were like, what happened? Why was she moving? For yeah. five minutes. And I was like, yeah, I might have been vomiting. Yeah. We did finish. Yes. That's all that matters at the end of the day. And it was still my best time ever, but oh it could have been so much better. Yes. Could oh. you imagine? Isn't that amazing to know if that didn't happen? So next time we hope right. that doesn't happen. And, then <laughs> and hello. Cool. Please, this was not a quick little. Blah, blah. She, we were oh, on the side five plus minutes, maybe That's even my stomach ten minutes of a stop. Yeah, seized. Wow, I mean, yeah. it was seizing, and I had to let and it do it. You know what? what? It it's not even do. just about the time you wasted; is the rhythm that you just got off. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you going back to picking up that rhythm is much tougher. <laughs> so huge kudos to you because going back in there to that flow. Because as soon as you stop, especially a course like New York, your leg starts to tense up. Your yeah. muscles start to be yeah, relaxed, and then it hunts you. So you guys are troopers to yeah. stop that long and resume the run. Well, that's why I don't even want to stop. I, like, I know. I, I was grateful. Stop. I was grateful to him. I was like, "Please keep going." He's like, "Obviously, I'm not." Obviously, but, I wasn't. But I would have been totally understanding if he had, because as a runner, you know what it means to have to stop your rhythm. Yes. In terms of understanding runners. I'm sure you get this a lot. People just ask why. Why? Because it's hard. It's mm-hmm. not easy. And all of us have runs where we want to stop and we mm-hmm. don't want to keep going. Yes. And a lot mm-hmm. of ones where we don't want to start. Yes. Why do you run? What's the joy? It's changed my life in so many ways. Not even like the extras. I'm talking about how I feel good mentally. I just find myself smiling because I feel like I conquered something that day. Even today it was freezing. When I started it was 26 degrees. But when I was out there, I felt like I was a trooper. You feel like a warrior. Like I can go out there and battle this cold that I get to just endure for an hour, which is nothing out of my whole day. And then when I'm done, I just feel accomplished. I feel invincible. I feel like nothing can stop me. So that feeling alone was everything to me. And it makes me want to get out there every day to keep proving to myself. But what really helps me nowadays is knowing running is a privilege that not everyone has. There's people out there who can't walk, let alone run. I see it all the time. The more you run outside, you see people who are amputee by accident, by war, by birth. So it's almost like insult to me that I'm not using my privilege. They would do anything to have the ability that I have. So in my back of my mind, I'm doing it for them every day because they would love to have what I have. You said back of your mind, and I wanted to get to the mental part mm-hmm. of all of this, the physical. To hear you run a, a ultra marathon, you run a hundred miles. That's just insane to most people, yes. right? Physically, that you can do that. But the the part about the mental still, mm-hmm. right? You, you sometimes you don't want to even go, uh, but then there are some times where you're out there and you don't even want to stop. Mm-hmm. What? How, how does? How do you? How have you tricked your brain? And yes. even as much running as you do. How much tricking of your brain are so you still having to do? You have to be crazy enough to tell yourself that you can do it. Okay. You got to literally tame yourself. Be a child. Imagine, oh, I can do this. 
but also you got to be smart enough to do the training while tricking yourself in that way. But I always tell people, we go out there to do these races and we get mad and we complain. Why? Who signed you up? You did. You did. <laughs> so I said, I signed up for this. No one made me do this. So I better shut up and uh. just keep going. <laughs> if I want to stop, hang my bib up and that's okay. Walk off the course. No one's going to come and say, hey, you stink, but you tried. At the end of the day, you tried. <laughs> so I have it in the back of my mind. I signed up for this and I have this mindset, no matter the circumstances, if I have to crawl, I'll crawl. I have 30 hours to finish 100 miles which is good to know, but whatever it takes, I'll get it done. And then you have to also know with these races, as the high gets to the highest point, don't get too excited because it's going to dip right back down. But as, lo as low as you are, just know that hold on a little longer, you're going to get a new, a new high again. So it's just up and down. So whenever you're up, know you're going to go down. Whenever you're down, know you're not going to stay there. So you just have to play that game. And sometimes when you're down, you think it's coming soon. It comes forever, but there's a hope that it's going to come. So that's going to get you. Oh, I just covered another 30 miles waiting for this high to come again. Now it's here, but you just covered 30 miles. But you were suffering, but you were expecting it to come, which helps mentally. Wow. And I know that you said among your rules, they have to be outside. outside. The run also has to be at least two miles. Mm -hmm. What? What's a two-mile day for you? Yes. Are you did, did you have too much fun the night before? Did you not sleep that well? Uh -huh. For you time. to say, I'm <laughs> only going to do two miles today. So there's two examples. One just happened recently. So when I was leaving Mali to come to the U.S., it's really tricky uh, with the flights. So I got up 5 in the morning, and there's a big field behind my house. So I did laps for two miles, and I just did circles. I just want to make sure I get my run done. So 5 in the morning in Mali was midnight here, so it was already the next day. So I wanted to be safe before I get on a flight. I get trapped in the tarmac for 12 hours. Next thing you know, I'm landing and it's already midnight. I don't want to compromise my run streak. So I did that. And the crazy thing is in Mali, you have to be at the airport for three hours before the flight. It's not like here you can show up. You have like uh, TSA pre-check. No, you got to show up early like anybody else. So the earliest I could do was 5 a.m. there. So it's at least midnight. If I went any earlier than that, it would be still the same day before. So when I did that, when I got to the U.S. at 7.30 p.m., I got home, ate something, and I got out there again at 10 p.m. and did an extra two miles. So it was four total. So that got me to add a little more to it. And another example was when I had a wisdom teeth issue. So I had a wisdom tooth <laughs> that was coming out, and there was a molar going up. That was The wisdom tooth was blocking the molar. So the molar was coming down on my jaw and the bone. So it was making the bone very thick oh, wow. and thin and fragile. It could crack. So I got the wisdom removed, the molar shape, and I had to do an implant so there's no gap back there. So when I did that surgery before going in, I got up to run six in the morning. Surgery was at eight. And I told my doctor, <laughs> I told the ortho surgeon, hey, if I can't run, I'm not doing this. He's like, well, you're not going to have a teeth and you're going to actually lose sensitivity in your nerves and you can't talk anymore. So you decide. So I said, my pain time is pretty high. So he only um, prescribed me a height Advil. And so the next day, I waited till 8 at night, and I went out to run 2 miles. Ooh. The reason I kept it at 2 miles is because he did say something, the blood pressure. So the more I was out there, my mouth was getting full of blood. So it wasn't about I couldn't handle more than 2 miles, God but it was hella. safer for me to stop the bleeding. So I just tapped it. Wow. Yeah. So nothing is going to stop this streak. That's my goal. If it's within my control, that's okay. it. Yeah. And you haven't had an injury issue that stopped you from the streak? I've you? had injuries, but it didn't stop me. And it was so bad. I've had pushration injury where lasted 60 plus days. Where I get home, I'm in so much pain. I go hide in the back of the room, stopping myself from crying in pain. And I've had that. So the second time it happened, I cut my mileage from 60 miles a week to 21, which is three a day. That wasn't working. I cut it to two a day, to 14 mile wow, week yeah. until I got r yeah. rid of this injury. But there's no really way for me to say, hey, I'm going to, because I look at running as life. I'm not going to tap out and throw my towel in the bucket and say, that's it. I'm just mm -hmm. going to 
do my best with, with it, whatever circumstance I'm dealing with. So that's the goal. I'm sure you have had people come up to you and just say, you're an inspiration, but I can't run. Mm -hmm. Even though they're not injured and yes. they actually, we know, physically can run. Mm -hmm. What would you say to somebody who wants to start a regimen, nothing like yours, but mm -hmm. maybe just to even run a mile a day yes. or two miles every other day? Yes. How do you motivate someone to say this is actually something that can be beautiful and mm -hmm. joyful and beneficial in so many ways. Yes. So at first, be impeccable with your word. Whatever you say is what you're going to do. So be nice to yourself. Say, it may be hard, but I can try. You don't have to say, I can't, I can try. And I said, do something attainable. You don't have to go out there and do 10 miles. I know if I were to start five miles a day, I could have done that. I would have been done within a week, probably. I said 10 minutes. It was time. It wasn't distance. So I was covering at just over a mile. So do something attainable and do it pressure-free. The pressure-free was the biggest one for me because no coach was yelling at me. It wasn't anyone pointing fingers. Hey, you're too slow. How come you're in the back of the pack? How come you're not up front? It was my own will. So if you do it with pressure-free, that's amazing, which meaning if you can only jog for 30 seconds at a time and you got to walk for two minutes, I count that as a run because not everybody. I can't tell somebody because you didn't do a mile. It doesn't count. If your capability is 30 seconds at a time and then you have to walk and repeat that, that counts. So this is why... I love run streaking, but there's a run streak association that I, I disagree with. I don't like that page. I hope it didn't exist. Uh, they said, if you don't run a mile a day, it doesn't count. And I said, who am I to tell somebody who is physically not mm. able to do a mile without? Mm. Uh, if they can only do five minutes, if that's not covering a mile, you're not going to tell me that I'm going to go tell them, hey, that doesn't count. Their capability is five minutes. So whatever pressure free is the best and you do how you want it. You set your own rules. And when you do that, you find yourself going longer, further, being better because you're getting better and you're feeling comfortable and you don't have to worry about the outside noise, which is really hard to do. All right. We are here with Hella. Uh, quick break, but when we come back, we're going to ask him as we wrap up um, about two things when it comes to running, if you're just getting started, that are going to be key to your success. We continue in just a moment. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Amy and TJ back here with our good friend Mm -hmm. and constant inspiration for at least my running (laughs) is Hella. And he is here to talk a little bit about how to motivate all of us to keep up maybe our own run streaks, maybe Uh not quite the way you do it. But one Mm -hmm. of your tips, and I love this because TJ and I live this, is it better when you have someone running with you? Absolutely. Mm. I'd rather run with people than by myself. It just, time, it might not be the fastest pace, but it feels like it was the fastest Mm. time. You could be running a 10-minute mile pace for 10 miles. You're like, oh, we finished 10 miles already? Mm. Because... There's so many conversations going on. There's so many things that you get to share with each other. It makes the time just go so much quicker. And you don't think about the pain of running because you're, you're with each other. There's that African proverb, yes. right? If it, you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. I love it. She and uses that fact. all the time. I but, love that. I live by that. You talk, do it, I, also go ahead. I was going to say, I slow you down. So. No, <laughs> no, no, no. You're the one that got me out there in the first place. Yeah. So it yes. is Everybody never... Everybody has their own little, like things that they bring to the table. Yeah, and I would sure. much prefer always to run with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. Always. And, and we were talking about Strava, their stats, but one of them they put out is that their percentage, like 10 and 20% people run, uh, they go faster and they go farther mm-hmm. if they're with a group. Yes. They, they have statistics that so show much. that. And I run with people who are faster than me and they pull me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, there's no way I would have been able to do that by myself because yeah. I just don't, I don't have that capability in my mind to pull myself because sometimes you hold yourself back a little bit. So <laughs> it helps in so many ways. It really does. Yeah. TJ's I, just asking me if he can now take the lead and yeah. I follow <laughs> him so that he can pull me. Yeah. <laughs> but it is. We run different speeds, different paces naturally. Yes. I always run behind her. And we don't talk during the runs. Uh-huh. You, you do like talking while I you're love talking. to people? Okay. Yeah, I love we, talking. We did on vacation. Yeah. And it did go by very quickly. Yeah. Always. But you don't like to talk during the runs. You know what it is? Reason. Slow down slow enough that you can have a conversation like this, conversational pace, because that's also building your aerobic strength, schedule and muscular strength. So you're not missing anything out of that. There's a saying, um, run slow to run faster. So mm. if you feel like you don't want to talk because you want to focus on your breath, go much slower. 
Okay. Your breath won't be an issue, and you will conversate, and you're actually building a different type of fitness. See, I, that's when I first, I think I told you, it was Matt. Matt James, I went on a run with him, a friend of ours, mm-hmm. and he wanted to talk. And we ran five miles. I'm like, oh, I can't talk for five miles. That, that five miles went through. We were in natural conversation. Yes. That's when I said, oh, Laughing, maybe I'm in pretty good shape here. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then I feel like you get so much different, like, adrenaline through your body, huh? where, like, a pace like that by yourself, you might be breathing a little heavier, but that also gets calmed down because your body's at a different state uh-huh. when you're with people. The other thing they say is key to success is setting a goal. Yes. Not, not just a goal of, I'm going to run a mile today, but some people, if you set a goal of, I'm going to do the mm-hmm. 5K that's in three months, yes. you have a much greater chance of success. I agree. My streak started with 10 minutes a day for two weeks. Mm-hmm. It was a two-weeks goal turned into six-plus years. So <laughs> I had to start somewhere. I didn't say, I'm going to run every day for a year. Uh, After the two weeks, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to stop for at least 365 days. But I didn't jump to the 365 days at first. It has to be something small goal that leads up to the bigger picture. All right. We heard your Boston Marathon goal, Mm -hmm. but do you have any other goals for this year? Yeah. So I want to actually get into Rotterdam for this spring because I'll be honest, it's flatter. It's flat as pancake. So I want flat and fast. So it's the redemption from, from Boston. Redemption. But, yeah, <laughs> redemption year. <laughs> so also want to do a, a run in Chamonix, uh, France, oh. which is um, the UTMB. Have you guys ever been there? I have been to yeah. Chamonix. That, it is one of the most beautiful oh. towns in the world. I went two years back to back, and it's amazing. During uh, UTMB, which is like the biggest ultra marathon weekend. Are you running? So I climbed. I mm-hmm. did some technical climbing mm-hmm. on the MIDI is what they call it. Mm-hmm. You're not running up there are so you you go through all the, the mountains like we're talking about switzerland france and italy and back into like france. twelve thousand feet thirteen thousand yeah. oh, feet yeah there you're high up there and it's insane it's a tough race so i'm not going to do the 106 mile race there it'll be like the 50 plus kilometers so over 30 miles Ugh, that's the slacker. race i'm going to do there and then <laughs> jeez come on hell Ma- massive elevation yeah, the elevation <laughs> that's what i'm, I'm the, considering that the elevation <laughs> yeah. is anything over nine thousand. yes you have less oxygen yeah i don't want to be a fool and then say, you know what? <laughs> so I'm going a little shorter, but higher elevation. But I will do a 100-mile race in October uh, th- this year, too. So it'll be two ultra marathon, one longer than the other, and a marathon in the spring. So that's my ultimate goal. Cool. And I hope I can get out there for the Olympics in Paris just okay. to be there. I just love wow. any running events. So maybe... I'll do their marathon because they're actually allowing yeah. regular people run marathon really? at the Olympics this time. Yeah. So you can actually, there's an app as well where like you can do challenges. They'll say you have to run 5K by 8 p.m. So they'll select you and give you random bibs. So there's an app that I have I've signed up for. There's challenges that if you com- uh, complete. So they're going to get, I think it's going to be like 20,000 plus runners. So the elites are going to take off like a regular marathon like the Olympians and then us regular average runners are going to go after. So That's people amazing. can run the Olympics this year. That's amazing. That is insane. So, so I'm trying cool. to like, if I can get in, I don't care about time at that point. I'm just going to say, I ran at the Olympics. We I'm not going to sound an Olympian, but I ran at the Olympics. We I mean, our, there's you, connections. I'm trying to, I'm exploring every option. <laughs> That's amazing. Find a way. You just try. massively piqued our interest. <laughs> yeah, I think that, it would be epic. And you can go, wow. yeah, and then you go do something like that. You can just be part of, the world coming together every four years. That's what's best about the Olympics. So, and running okay. is one of the biggest things that bring us together. So I hope I can get into that as well. That'll be like a side thing. Just do it for fun. Yeah. Just do it happen, for fun. I'll, An extra marathon. Happen, I'll go spectate. <laughs> well, I mean, and I love the, what you said about running, bringing us together. Mm-hmm. I feel like that at every race. Yes. I feel like that even when I'm running down the West Side Highway, you see other runners. Mm-hmm. There's just this, there's a community, there's yes. a camaraderie mm-hmm. and you 
everyone's looking at each other knowing that you're probably suffering slightly, yes. but you're doing it anyway. Exactly. And there's some sort of, uh, I don't know, fun camaraderie to the, that commitment. Yes, and helping each fitness. other too is big, like pulling somebody. One of the, my best experiences uh, last year was actually not even my 100-mile race or any of that. It was I helped a blind runner finish mm. the New York City Marathon. Mm. It was the most fulfilling thing I've ever experienced throughout this run streak. So it wasn't about me and my time, but the smile on his face that we hit his goal Aww. and the excitement that he had, uh, Rolando is his name, uh, it was just like, wow, this is bigger than me. And it, it, it reinforced that. So helping each other. Uh, running does that and we help each other in ways that we don't even know even mm -hmm. like you said you guys running together you're helping each other without even thinking about yeah. it i think that's important too yeah in the past couple of years i, I mean yeah, on one hand we could probably count how many runs we didn't do together see yeah, yeah. that's amazing yeah. yeah and you you are into helping others yeah, i know that you give back my, my goal th this isn't just about your personal no. goals or what you can accomplish no. you want to give back and i know you founded an organization souls for souls yes. tell us a little bit about it because it really is inspirational yes so souls for souls is a nonprofit that take on one of shoes um newer youth and clothing and turn it into opportunity and their biggest goal is to you know you feed a man, they live for a day. You teach them how to fish, they can live for a longer. So that's the goal. They've helped so many people by giving used shoes, new shoes that can turn into business um, in a lot of first world country and third world countries. So it's not just like third world countries. Even in the U.S., there's people here that don't have a pair of shoes. And the reason this worked out perfectly, I grew up in West Africa. A pair of shoes doesn't come often. So we're talking about you have one pair of shoes, you have to use it for five years. And we take care of it so much. I wouldn't wear my new shoes until if it's occasion, if it's like holiday. Otherwise, it's not every day. You, you're walking around barefoot or you have sandals on. And sometimes you outgrow the shoes. It's not that you didn't take care of it. You just outgrew it and you don't know where your next pair is going to come from. So for running too, all you need is a pair of shoes. So it really worked really well for me to say, you know what, this nonprofit is perfect to run across the country for. Well, hello. The last thing I want to get you out of here on is a lot of people might be curious. A guy who runs as much as you do <laughs> what your gear is. Do you yes. have a favorite type of uh, your I'm shoes? I'm a little of mine. But that's okay, but your shoes, <laughs> your shoe, your watch, the app you use, yeah. your, what is your so, go-to? I just want to make this clear. To run, you don't need any of the stuff that I have. All you need is your shoes and have your body parts covered. And okay. go out there. You don't even need a watch. You can just go by feel. Okay. But, but still, I, yeah. I love running shoes i live by it i dissect it i review them okay. i i love super shoes and i do think that they work okay. the shoe work if you work if you don't work it won't you have right. to work <laughs> it, it enhances your work i love those i wear four watches when i run and the reason is not to stay out four watches on because I, I am a youtuber i review these watches so i'm about to rotate my watches and get new ones that no one really talks about so sometimes we don't have to worry about buying an 800 watch gotcha. maybe there's like a hundred dollar watch out there that's doing the job so i like mm -hmm. to do reviews like that and let my audience know this can work too yeah. so i wear four watches when i run i love my running fits because i think that running is tough as it is already but imagine have you ever put on that sick running outfit you're like ooh I feel good I, look oh, yeah. good. I can't oh, wait to get out there yeah. 100% so it is the accessories that makes oh, it yeah. fun so <laughs> I love to try to look as fly as possible maybe to me sometimes fly maybe someone <laughs> will look at me ah, this is not it but as long as you feel good so I love my running outfits I love my running shoes and my gadgets what's your running shoe? I, I wear Hoka all day, every day. I started wearing Hoka. I told you guys about this when we yeah. met. I started wearing it when I did my first. I did the New York City subway system challenge, which is 245 miles. That's the length of the subway system in New York City. So the goal was to start in Labor Day 
and fin- uh, start Memorial Day and finish in Labor Day weekend. So it's two miles a day. So I did it in one week. So I was doing 35 <laughs> miles a day. And when I started this, I reached out to Road Runner. I heard about these shoes that's good for ultra. It was Hoka. It was the Clifton 6. They gave that to me. I put 105 miles on it, and I fell in love with it. Huh. So I just started wearing Hoka. And next thing you know, I'm sponsored by them. Okay. But it's my go-to shoes. If you want a shoes for comfort, they have it. If you want a shoes for walking, even though it's running shoes, they have it. If you want a shoes to just train the habit if you want a shoe to go really really fast they have it and there's a shoe that's about to come out that is beyond super shoes and you know you hear sports cars there's like sports cars super cars and there's hyper cars i don't know yeah. if you heard of that okay, yeah so the hyper cars are like la ferrari bugattis mm-hmm. and like pagani koenig zags and then there's no such thing have you ever heard hyper shoes so i just came up with this okay. so <laughs> this shoe that i ran with this morning is going to be in hyper shoes wait what shoe super shoes. it's beyond it's it's embargoed right now. Oh, oh it's not available yeah. to us. So <laughs> it will be available this year. But this shoe is extremely aggressive, extremely responsive, and I was screaming when I was running in it because how effortlessly I was moving for the pace that I was going at. Okay. But uh, I love shoes like that because I I depend on <laughs> those so to help me hit my goals. He's I gotta get fit, but they help. Oh, and, and I have to ask one last question oh. because I see that you're vegan uh-huh. and diet uh-huh. is such a big it's part big. of running yes. and it's so difficult to figure out what to eat, what not to eat. Mm-hmm. And I'm blown away that, that you have been able to yes. be a vegan uh-huh. and run the miles you yeah. run. I've been vegan. Actually, next month it'll be eight years. Mm. I started before even the run streak, 2016. So I, I went to school for public health and sociology. I learned stuff and then things that weren't taught to me that I learned after college. So I decided to take my diet very seriously. I want cold turkey. I washed out forks over knives. That's all it took. 20 minutes in, I was dumbfounded. And then uh, I decided to clean up a little bit. And the one thing I regret about being vegan is that I didn't do it soon enough. Because as soon as I went, it works different for everybody. Mine was instant energy. I I couldn't stop. And some people, it takes about two weeks for your system to get used to it. So I think the reason I can go out there every single day because there's less inflammation in my body. Uh, We're talking about less animal protein and fat and things like that so that causes inflammation so my recovery is a little more efficient because of that because of the plant-based diet so i think that's been a very uh, crucial to my run streak but being saying that i'm not a vegan that's always so strict i eat my fatty food i love my cheeseburgers i love okay. my, my pizza so i'm not gonna pretend here like i'm mr perfect okay. because even you have two cheat days, days ago i drove to hoboken i would have drove to new york city to go get Vegan cheeseburgers, which is real better burgers, the best burger you'll ever eat. You won't even know it's vegan. So I did that. I drove 40 minutes to come eat two cheeseburgers and a milkshake to go back home. It took 40 minutes. Wait, it was still a vegan burger, though. It was vegan, no, yeah. Okay. Impossible. So you're not cheating. You're actually, yeah. you're staying. Yeah, I'm not cheating. I'm I'm just saying I okay. don't eat always healthy because veganism is not always healthy, too. It's about the ethics. Yeah. Um, you can be healthy for sure, but also I want to also be transparent. There's unhealthy vegan food. I also have my share for the unhealthy vegan food. <laughs> and you're not a drinker. You don't drink. I drink occasionally. Occasionally. I'm not. I can't. I can count in my hand how many times I've drink in a year for sure. But if I do drink, I love Malibu Bay Breeze. That was introduced to you know, my fiance's yeah. uncle. That drink is really good. <laughs> and then I, I got stuck with the mar- my margaritas away with salted rims recently. They're delicious, the aren't they? That's one of my yeah, favorites. Those are delicious. You count so, on one hand how many times you've Yeah, drank. in the year. We in can year. count on weddings, one hand how many days you have. I get excited about weddings because that's the time where I'm like, okay, it's a wedding. We have to cheers. So you got to have champagne. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Yes, oh. yes. Uh, well, right. cheers to you, Hella. This yes. has been so much fun. I wish we even had more time. Mm.
Sorry, I'm taking <laughs> got, a sip of we got tea. Round, round uh, two or round three, we whatever will, you want to call it. <laughs> really, Hello, we will have you back for sure because you got a lot of uh, things and uh, events and whatnot coming up. And yes. we just always love having you, man. We love yes. talking to you, you always, always. You know what so. we should do? We should do a, a run club. Amy TJ Hella Good Run Club, New York City. All right. I'm oh, in. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We can talk the whole time. Yeah, 5K, easy. Okay. One and a half mile up, one and a half mile back, and then we call it a day. We chat. I love it. We hang out. We eat. Okay. And we, this is happening. We can talk about, come check out this dope podcast. If, you, yeah. if you're bored <laughs> on your run, you can just oh, listen to it. Oh, you go. Look at that. He's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Andy, why didn't you think of that, man? <laughs> um, all right. Well, Hella, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you so you. much. You all Thank will be hearing from um, from Hella again uh, here on this podcast. Thank 100% you sure. This so. is incredible. Thank Aww. you so much. Thank you, Hella. And Everyone, don't forget, you can follow us, follow our podcast at Amy and TJ Podcast. Until next time. We'll see you. Amy and TJ here. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.